Welcome to the More Than Pizza podcast, where we exist to walk with parents in the discipleship of their kids and offer more than just pizza. Welcome back to the More Than Pizza podcast. We hope that you are having a good holiday season. I'm Chris. I'm JB. And I'm Austin. Hey, and I'm Ray. And uh, today our episode is going to be looking at Jesus as our high priest. And the scripture that we're coming from is Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. Uh, And I'm going to go ahead and read that for us. But when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things that have come, Then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of his blood of goats, sorry, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast, more than likely you are a uh, church member and you have some understanding of that we have salvation through Christ's sacrifice, through his death, burial, and resurrection. Um, But as this section of scripture points out that there is more to Jesus' role in salvation, of that there is a proper place to have him, and that is a, a high priestly role. But high priest is not something that we know of. It's not really in our culture. It's not in uh, it's not in our denominations, um, really. Uh, none of us here are Catholic, and so we don't really have a high, a high priest. And so this writer of Hebrews is writing to a group of people who would have understood the high priestly role. Um, and so I think it's important for us to uh, talk about Hebrews, talk about who the high priest is or what the high priest role was in the Old Testament, uh, the old covenant, and then what it looks like in the new uh, that we operate in today. So as Jesus is described as this high priest, like, what is that? Well, according to the Old Testament, um, he is the intercessor. The high priest was the intercessor between people, the people of Israel, God's people, and God. Um, and there was always just one. There was one high priest, um, and he had a specific uh, job as that intercessor. When we get to the New Testament, we see that there was more of a priestly order. Uh, there was still one high priest, but he had there was an order of priests with him that kind of ruled areas. So under Roman rule, uh, these priests, that, and we would know them as the Sadducees, would kind of be Jewish leaders over an area to uh, give accountability to Rome. It would lead people in Roman rule instead of Jewish law. Um, and so it priestly order and the high priest looked a lot different in the New Testament uh, during Jesus' time uh, than it did in the Old Testament. And so I think it's important that we look at what God intended the high priest to be, and that was an intercessor uh, for us. Um, and so I won't throw that to you guys. Of like, What does it mean to, for Jesus to be our intercessor or the high priest to intercede? the people 
Well, I think even before we answer that question, and you touched on this, but we also need to see why the high priest matters to us and why, mm -hmm. and the answer to what a high priest is is going to reveal that. But we also need to see, you know, one of the ways that we understand scripture is that we do look at the text and we think about the original audience and the people mm -hmm. that it was written to and what it meant to them. But ultimately, they, they call it you have to cross the bridge and cross the translating or understanding bridge to what does it mean today. And so while we read here, in Hebrews that Christ is serving as a high priest. Yes, it was maybe a little bit more understood in that culture then, but it reigns true today too. And so even before we answer what it is, this is why it's important because Christ is currently reigning as this. And so what does that yeah. mean for us and how does that affect our lives today? Uh, is, and it, it brings more light to scripture too. But we also need to uh, talk about as intercessor what was the high priest's role what did he do um, and what he did was make the sacrifice make the atonement uh, for our sins so in old testament times when they would go and make the sacrifices he was the one who did the sacrificing here for the sins and we see in Jesus that him becoming the high priest is him being our sacrifice for our sins, atoning our sins that we have committed. And is that not amazing to really think about? Like whenever you read through the Old Testament and then you start seeing um, in the New Testament how Christ fulfills this. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what's cool about looking into that and just seeing how the high priest had this role and then how Jesus fulfills that and he's the better high priest and that's one of the things that you know the writer of hebrews is trying to get across to them is is that jesus is better because in hebrews that's what they're doing uh, you've got a group of people um, that are wanting to give up wanting to go back to their old ways and different things like that and uh, and the writer of hebrews continues to say jesus is better than moses that was a big yeah. big thing to say uh, jesus is better uh, than angels at the very beginning jesus is better uh, the better high priest. He is the yeah. one that comes and fulfills that. And I think that's just cool to think about when we think about how Jesus comes in to the scene and just changes everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. and Austin, that leads to a deeper part too in the sense of earlier, way early, in one of our early episodes, we talked about the authority of Scripture. And when you look at Scripture as a whole, a high priest, as Ray mentioned, it's all throughout. It's mentioned in the Old Testament. It's a theme and a position that's part of the New Testament. And then even post-resurrection, when you're starting to see a little bit, definitely see in the early church, but a little bit of a new world, a little bit of shifting of how the structure, the high priest is still being mentioned as Jesus as a high priest. And it's just a reminder that, you know, the Old Testament, New Testament, it is all connected. Mm -hmm. And those who understand one portion, it can help you understand the, the other portion. It's one beautiful picture. So it's just cool how even now that we talk about who Christ is and where he sits, helps us understand scripture a little bit more, even all the way back to the Old Testament. Yeah, and it's important to talk about where he sits uh, is because of what the high priest would do is that he would go into a place called the Holy of Holies. Um, and so what, when you study tabernacles or you study temples, there was a, a place in the center or in the back portion that was blocked off to where no one could go except for the high priest during Passover. Um, and he would go in there and he would have a cleansing ritual to atone for his own sins, to cleanse himself. And then he would go into the Holy of Holies and that would be representative of him going within the presence of God to sacrifice goats and bulls uh, through a, a burnt offering. And so 
spilling of blood, killing of an animal, to atone for the entire nation, the entire group of God's people. And then when we get to Jesus, Jesus being our better high priest, the reason he's better is because he did not have to do the cleansing ceremony to get into the Holy of Holies. That's good. Um, he was able to go in there. And that's why it says of that, uh, he goes into a, and then through a greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation of that. Jesus was able to go to heaven and be with the father. He is, he is in heaven. This tent, the tabernacle is supposed to be a representation of heaven. Jesus is there seated at the right hand of the father as our high priest interceding for us. So we have salvation. Which even to make more connections through that, because that is such a cool explanation, but that's also why the veil was torn when Jesus died, which was prophesied in the Old Testament. And so mm -hmm. it's really cool when you see all the connections, how this really does lead to Christ being everything that the Bible says that he is. But also, I just, this may be just for my sake, but maybe there's at least one listener who will appreciate this next sentence or two. To make this as simple as we possibly can, the high priest was for people to go and seek forgiveness from God because they felt like they couldn't approach God themselves. And now Jesus has made a way where mm -hmm. we can approach God. And so, Ray, you explained that so beautifully. It, it, you, you should just write it down and, you know, put it in a book or something. But for those of you who you start talking about tabernacles, you start talking about all these things, sometimes I, I know I get lost on Sunday morning sometimes. And so just very simple. The high priest was the person who would go before God because the people felt like they couldn't. It was their way of forgiveness. And now Jesus has come. He says, forgiveness is for you and you can come to the Father today. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And then even in the scripture that you read, the transition word there in verse 11 is but Christ. Hmm. Right. Um, because that's an important transition from the previous old covenant, the Levitical priesthood, because in verse 9 before that, it says this is a symbol for the present time during which gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the worshiper's conscience. And then you get to that verse 11, but Christ. That changes everything because if you read on down, it says not by blood of goats and calves. And I want you all to think about that. How messy, how nasty that could be when it's continuing. It's a continual yeah, thing. I'm out. And it was over and over a continual thing. And yet when the verse right before that says once for all time when Jesus came in, it's over. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the, one of the beautiful pictures of how the gospel uh, changes everything, how Jesus changes everything. And I love that. But Christ mm. has appeared. Now he's revealed as the great high priest. Yeah. And, and that's one thing I want to bring up next is the once for all. It's, you know, none of us are sacrificing bulls and goats Sunday. Like that. Why, why did that stop? It was because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. Right. Jesus went in as high priest and as sacrifice. But in truth of thought here, what if you walked into church this Sunday and looked at the bulletin and right after singing Amazing Grace was bull slaughtering? No one reads the bulletin anyway. <laughs> Fair so. point. Those it would things. catch everybody by surprise. Fair it point. Would be interesting. Yeah. But Service. I'm just saying that yeah, would maybe change the way you prepare for worship. Yeah. That would be a pretty interesting order of service. Yeah. And, but yeah, Christ's sacrifice was once for all. And as 
we look at this scripture, we ha kind of have to look at what JB said earlier of how does this apply to us today? And, and what does this mean? And um, as a, if you go to seminary, you'll hear that this is called the text today method is sermon prep. But how the, these two verses translate for us or are interpreted for us. Or cross or, the principalizing bridge. If yes. you did read Grasping God's Word, you yes, understand that. that that's not a word. No. Uh, but, Principalizing. <laughs> but it is a word that we use to bring it into today. Yeah. Um, that salvation is a big part of this. Um, of, and, and that's really key for our religion, for our denominations, for our relationship with Christ is that we're, we're saved from something and Christ's sacrifice finished that salvation. Um, it has been said of like, no, how salvation works is that we were saved. We are being saved and we will be saved. That happens because Jesus Christ was his sacrifice was once and for all. He was the perfect sacrifice. There's no need to repeat this because he finished it. So, can we lose salvation? I say no. Because if you say that, all right, salvation can be lost, you're saying that Christ's sacrifice wasn't sufficient mm -hmm. for all of the sins you commit after that moment or that, that saving moment. And that's a great question, I think, for the home. Uh, right. Because students are going to be around people that might have that, have that thought and uh, I think parents and students need to have a good grasp on this Hebrews passage um, and also other passages that we'll probably mention in just a few moments uh, to understand of the eternal security in the finished work of Christ. Um, because there's a lot of people today, um, I think about students when they're fixing to go into college or something like that, they're going to hear um, plus this, plus that kind of kind of mentality, just like they did back then. Well, I mean, Jesus, but you probably need this too. You probably need that. Mm -hmm. It's really Jesus plus nothing. Uh, because of his finished work on the cross. I love what Dr. Jackson, this is a guy that came in, he's a pastor, um, that came in and spoke to our men one time, and he said, you are saved by works. And we're all like, what? And uh, he was like, uh, just not by your works, by mm -hmm. the finished work of Jesus Christ. And we're like, yes, amen uh, to that. And so, yes, I don't believe you can lose your salvation as well. Um, and so I, and my, my thing when I think about that is that you can't lose something that you didn't earn in the first place. That's right. Right. And, um, and I think we can know that we have salvation. Mm -hmm. um, in 1 John uh, chapter 5, verse 13, uh, John writes this to believers, and he says, I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. And so I think there's some tests in, in this, and uh, we can get into that a little bit too, uh, to know that we have eternal uh, security in Christ and his finished work. Yeah, I think, too, you have to look that our salvation is not rooted in us. <clears throat> when you talk about it's not our works and our doings, it's rooted in Christ. And so it's not based on our goodness and our, you know, actions, whatever. It is based on who Christ is and what Christ has done. And so even to take this concept of the high priest and to maybe give you a little bit more depth on it, if you are... Looking at Hebrews chapter 9 and looking at these two verses that we've looked at, if you flip earlier in Hebrews in chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, 
Say, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. And verse 15 is key. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. And then verse 16 says, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. So as we talk about a high priest and as we talk to about the high priest was the person that the people would go to so that they could access God through him. Well, when it says that Jesus is a high priest who's not unable to sympathize, he can't because he's been tempted. He's, he's faced these trials and he stayed perfect. He stayed pure. Then it says, approach the throne with boldness. Mm-hmm. That's where our salvation lies. It's not in a timid, I hope this works out or I hope I do enough. You approach the throne in boldness because of what Christ has done and because of who he is and because he now sits on the throne as the great high priest. And so scripture gives us this, like you don't need a a seminary degree or or anything to, to read that and see this is what scripture declares as who Christ is and what he's done for us. And because of that, we approach with boldness. And so, yeah, I would agree, you know, you can't lose something that's not rooted in you. It's not based on you. It's not something you've earned. And Mm -hmm. so uh, it's not yours to lose. And so uh, it's really cool just to see Christ in that light. I was at an event one time and uh, the pastor was preaching and, uh, and he, he said in there, he said, um, everybody in here would probably agree that you can't lose your salvation. And he said, I need um, people to raise their hand and um, it could be anyone. You just raise your hand and you point to the scripture that you can go to, uh, to know that. And I was looking around the room thinking, all right, these kids are fisting to, fisting to show him, and not a single kid raised a hand. Wow. And I was like, that's not good. <laughs> and I, that's why I think that question's important for the home. Mm-hmm. I think it's inco- important for um, us to come alongside parents and help you disciple your kids, just like this podcast is all about, um, and give some of those, um, those answers. And so... Just to kind of give you a couple more scriptures on that, you can go to John uh, chapter 5, verse 24, and truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes in him sent me as eternal life and will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. And so you have that verse, you have uh, John 10, 27 through 30, where he talks about my sheep, hear my, <laughs> hear my voice, um, and I know them. You talk about Romans 8, 38 through 39, for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor powers, nor height, nor debt, nor, nor other created things will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so those are just a few verses uh, that parents, you can run to and teach your kids uh, so that they can see how eternal security works in their life. Yeah, I agree. Th- those verses are just so fantastic. And I hate that you know, there are times of where we just don't, put those to memory and understand that. But I do think there is an implication in this of eternal security or perseverance of the saints or once saved, always saved. However, whatever catchy term you want to use to describe our eternal redemption, um, that I've heard people say the reason they don't like this, they don't like eternal security, they, the reason they believe you can lose your salvation is because it gives people a free right to sin. They say, well, then if I got Jesus, there's no need for me to do anything else. Like I can go live the life however I want 
as much sin as I want because I got Jesus. He's just, he's going to forgive me, right? Can I not just do what I want? Um, it goes to the saying of there, uh, the story of there was a kid in church who wanted a bicycle for Christmas. He asked and he asked and he asked. He asked his mom, he asked his dad, he asked his grandparents, he even asked his Sunday school teacher, I want a bicycle for Christmas. He even prayed, Lord, can I please have a bicycle for Christmas? Christmas came and gone, he didn't get a bicycle. So he discovered that asking his family, asking his friends, asking the Lord did not work. So he went and stole a bike and just asked for forgiveness. No, that's not how, that's not how salvation works. That's not, you can't just say, I want this. I'm just going to go get it. I'm going to steal it. I'm going to, I'm going to live the life. I'm going to do whatever I want because Jesus is there and he's just going to get rid of all of my sin. That's, that's not what this section of scripture is meaning. That's not what Christianity is. Yes, I think um, one of the tests is, is what we've mentioned is the Holy Spirit. And uh, we need to remember what, what that says. If you can go to Ephesians chapter 1 and you can see that you're sealed. And so the Holy Spirit is the one that seals us um, as well. And I love that word and what it means. And, and um, it, I mean, it's like a signet ring that you put on a seal. And when you're sealed, it is done. Um, and so the Holy Spirit is one of those uh, tests that we can we can look at. And another one is the Scripture. I mean, families, I mean, go to what God's Word says, and that's where you'll find eternal security and find out what it means in your life. And, and I think one of the other tests is obedience. I think um, you see fruit, um, and that's when you're going to know that somebody is saved is because of uh, the fruit that they're bearing um, each and every uh, each and every day throughout their life. And so... Um, just remember 2 Corinthians 5.17, I think, as a, as a family, is therefore if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is past and see the new has come. Just remember your newness and who you are in Christ. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, we're, we're talking about high priests and looking at high priests in Scripture. All the other high priests that are mentioned in Scripture ultimately no longer held that position at some point, whether they either were demoted from that position or moved from that position or passed away and they but that's not who Christ is and that's not what this text says it says that Christ has entered as a high priest and he will reign forever and so when you talk about our obedience and our sins we re- remind ourselves and only has Christ made a way he remains the way and we continue to approach him again we approach that throne boldly because he still sits on it today and so it's a good reminder as we move into obedience and a lifelong obedience, that's not a one-time or momentary thing. Yeah, so as we're ending this podcast, some questions for the home uh, that we want to ask are, one, as a parent, is there a sin in your life that you are aware of that you are just okay with? Um, If so, pray about that. Ask ask for strength to get that out because that that sin in your life will eat at you. It, It will mess everything up. Sin does not want to be a secret. It wants to destroy you. The enemy wants to use it to destroy you. And so uh, pray for God's grace to get through that. Pray for God's uh, wisdom and guidance to see the way out of temptation so you won't give in to that sin. And then also ask that same uh, question to your kids. of, you know, Hey, explain to your kids what sin is. And ask them, like, is there sin in their life that, 
they feel like they're okay with that it's not that big of a deal um and then bear their burden with them go with them struggle with them uh, struggle with them so that they can also overcome sin now we've said it many of times that if you've struggled with it more than likely your kids do as well and, and so be open and honest and talk about these things with your kids uh and then lastly i just want you to remember that we have a great high priest who loves us and he didn't use the the blood of goats or bulls to intercede for us he used himself and just remember that he loves you he wants to have a relationship with you and if you don't have that uh, reach out to us we would love to talk to you about it you can go to one of our churches or you can email us at more than pizza podcast at gmail.com or hit us up through instagram or facebook we want to make sure that you have salvation and that you can disciple your kids so that they can have salvation as well